0: Hi, my name is Tracy G, and I'm an inner work coach, NLP trainer and podcaster extraordinaire. Passionate about equality in the world that is more diverse and inclusive, giving each and every one of us the opportunity to be the best version of ourselves. As a biracial woman, I've experienced my fair share of discrimination in the past and come out on top. We all know that discrimination and bias still exists in the world today. And it's not always easy to know what to do about it. This podcast, All One Inclusive, is about celebrating all diversity and being proud of all that you are. I chat with inspiring guests and my friends as we share stories from news sources and listeners from all over the world who have experienced some form of discrimination firsthand. The aim is for us to be able to discuss this issue more openly so it becomes better understood by all and provides tips about what you can do to make a difference the world may have a lot of catching up to do but if we can imagine a more equal world we can create change step by step ripple by ripple hello happy day hi how are you i'm really good i'm really good Thank you for asking. I'm good because I'm very excited. I'm excited. I'm going on holiday. I really need a holiday. I haven't been on holiday, holiday. Other than home, but home doesn't count as a holiday because that's family and visiting family. I haven't had a holiday for like four years.
1: Yeah, that's because COVID stopped everyone traveling. Where are you off to?
0: New Caledonia. Oh, how exciting. It's supposed to be gorgeous. I know. Amazing. I know. French. I have to, I'm going to say I have to polish off my French, but I never learned French, so i <laughs> not polishing anything.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: wow. That's amazing. That's great. And who are you going with? My mum. Oh, that's even better. That's great. I know. I haven't seen my mum in three years. But then it'll be extra special. That's, mm. that's
1: brilliant. That's really good. Yeah. It will.
0: First, first post-COVID holiday. Yes. definitely making the most of it yes I will be I will be so very excited and how have you been
1: I've been well I've been well this week what's this week turned up in Bavna's world um well as I mentioned in the last podcast I'm back trying online dating and as we all know it is a jungle out there um so yes i'd probably put the experience i've only been on there a few weeks but the experience is very similar to um the same entertainment value as what you do when you're applying for jobs and going for job interviews (laughs) that's
0: how i describe it okay yeah yeah i just say it's a jungle out there and there's some sloths you know the sloth what's a sloth? the sloth a sloth Oh, the sloth. Well, are you referring to the
1: people who are are taking the approach in a very lazy kind of approach where they just want to chat, just want to say hi, and that's their introduction. Is that is is that what's determined as a sloth? Yeah.
0: Yes. Just... I, I
1: think last week I had the experience of um, I did go on a date and um they never turned up. So yeah. and that wasn't so bad actually, in the sense that I I I suggested the date at a place that i normally go to and i took my book with me anyway because i'd be going there to have a drink read a few chapters of a book enjoy the sunshine on a sunday afternoon anyway so um it was actually only until i was actually two chapters away through my book when i realized oh this guy isn't going to be turning up so i didn't necessarily feel feel like i missed out on too much so i thought yeah the approach isn't so bad but it's no excuse um, it's bad behavior. So, um, yes, and it did feel a bit shit. Um, but I didn't let that stop me. Picked myself up, dusted myself off, and uh, I've had a few dates this week. I uh, have a date later on today and tomorrow. So... um
0: there you go. You're on fire. Yeah. Well, today is International Women's Day. And so we're going to have a special episode where we celebrate the women in our lives but also um, from near and far. Those have made groundbreaking discoveries, those that have made headway into leading change within their communities, within their industries, using their um, positions of influence to stand up for human rights worldwide. And today we want to reflect on the progress we've made and also hear from some of those women who've contributed to that, and so that we can remember to join them and remember what we're doing and why we're doing it. So what we're gonna do today is we're going to share some very poignant speeches from women. I love this. And I love this. And it was Bavna's idea. Thank you, (laughs) Bavna's fantastic idea. And what struck me when we were researching some of these was I kind of got a bit disappointed first and it was because I thought well and I and I can take responsibility for this myself but if I think some of what are the you know the best speeches you can remember and it's ones I've heard being talked about and it would be like I had a dream Martin Luther King and you know other famous like Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, Barack Obama. I remember seeing a really good speech by Jim Carrey once it's fantastic and these have all been shown to me or talked about and they're all men. And I think, Crikey, actually, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, I don't recall people really talking about women's speeches or it being shared in the media or by a mentor or any of that. And I just think, why is that? I mean, I don't know if that's your experience, but that's my experience. Yeah,
1: it's, a good, it's a good point you raised, definitely. And it's and I don't know if if it's a case of a men get the re- Attention when they have a perspective, or whether or not it's a case of you know that's I I suppose in a way this is why we're talking about what we talk about we this we're here because um, we're highlighting women having a voice Mm -hmm. and um, not even just women everybody everybody has a voice and it's about and when it comes to speeches and about you know great speeches it's about having a, a platform an opportunity to speak your truth. To deliver a perspective to to question authority even to question perspectives that's what it's about and so and i think in history compared with women compared to men women haven't had as many opportunities as men to take the podium to take the stand and yeah. maybe that's that's why how it's just turned out and that's why it's even more important that in today's episode we are looking at women's speeches and dedicating this time
0: and sharing just how powerful they are. But that's the thing. You're right. Maybe that's part of it, but the ones that have, the ones we're going to share, I don't remember people talking about them so much. And I'm just like, what? Well, what's that about? Because they're amazing, powerful calls to action even. Yeah. yeah and I don't remember them making the news being talked about being shared. That just, to me signals something very wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've definitely
1: raised a good point, and um, and you know, it's, it's maybe it
0: could be because the,
1: the individuals making these speeches, you know, you know, they've been put in a spotlight, especially in the media spotlight, for other things aside from these very powerful speeches, very mm-hmm. powerful messages that like they say, and the focus has been put put on other things that they've done rather okay. than these particular speeches.
0: True. True. Well, let's, without further ado, let's get stuck in. So yes. which one spoke to you the most? Um, so am I going to be one kicking this off? So when I began
1: looking into this and selecting um, the speeches that I, I wanted to share in today's podcast, um, it was actually quite an emotional task for me. Um. So just over the last few days, Uh, As this has been mentioned, I've been reading around and reminding myself of some very powerful speeches, and there were so many to choose from. And when I was reading through each of them, some words, some sentences that that had been spoken, and I hadn't heard those speeches in such a long time. They really did resonate with me, and it really did um, bring up so much emotion. Um, and I got quite tearful with some of them. So um, one of the, the one that I've picked to start off with is, well, the fact that Tracy, you and I are both in Australia and the fact that we're looking at women's speeches, I thought we can't but mention the misogyny speech by Julia Gillard. So that's the one I've gone with, which is the one I'm going to be sharing um, today. Um, This speech was um, was spoken by Julia Gillard while she was the um, Australian female Prime Minister um, back in October 2012. And a little bit of a backstory around this. Uh, Basically, there was a a speaker in in the Australian Parliament who had unfortunately um, been picked up on sending some questionable text messages to an aide. And the leader of the opposition uh, party, um, from Julia Gillard, had um, he basically accused Julia Gillard of being um, sexist um, for not basically calling this out, and this was, was Julia. It a woman. The leader of, of the opposition is male.
0: No, I mean calling what out.
1: The text uh, so um, so the speaker um, uh, at the time um, was a male, and he that was the speaker of parliament, and he he basically been highlighted. He'd been caught sending um, some questionable text messages. To a female aide, right? Got it. Got it. Yeah. And the and we and the leader of the opposition, who's male, yeah. um, called this out, yeah. and um and but and because Julia Gillard um didn't necessarily highlight it in um in in any of her motions, um she was accused of being sexist, and um, by the leader of the opposition, and this is how she responded. So this is her speech. The Leader of the Opposition says that people who hold sexist views and who are misogynists are not appropriate for high office. Well, I hope the Leader of the Opposition has got a piece of paper and he is writing out his resignation. Because if he wants to know what misogyny looks like in modern Australia, he doesn't need a motion in the House of Representatives. He needs a mirror. That's what he needs. Good sense, common sense, proper process is what should rule this Parliament. That's what I believe is the path forward for this parliament, not the kind of double standards and political game playing imposed by the leader of the opposition, now looking at his watch because apparently a woman's spoken too long. I will not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man, not now, not ever. Mm. And I remember I, when I read this speech again um, yesterday, and I hadn't read it for such a long time, because it's been about it's been over 10 years since since those words were spoken in Australian parliament. And when I was reading it yesterday, I was reminded by just how with so much fury and so much, it was such a great speech. for for me, this was the speech where you have Julia Gillard, who is who's the first female Prime Minister in Australia, who she's obviously worked so hard to get where she is. She's obviously been in an industry in the political landscape um, here, here in Australia, where she's, she's obviously experienced sexism probably on a, on a daily basis. And actually in this speech that she gave, um, I've, I've given a shorter version, but in the speech, she actually gave three examples of, of, of why she was saying what she was saying. Um, and I think at this point in time, when she gave his speech, I think it was basically a time where she was saying, "I have simply had enough." This was the scenario where the leader of the opposition had accused her of being sexist around what happened, and I think she had come to a point where she had simply had heard enough from everyone in Parliament, all the males in Parliament. And this was the straw that broke the camel's back. And she just sliced through. And for for me, this speech is saying, I've had enough, the book stops here. I'm I'm not putting up with this any longer. And that's why it was just so powerful. And I think it actually reverberated globally. And that was 10 years ago. And I think today on International Women's Day, it's a great reminder. If you haven't heard the speech, I would encourage you to go onto YouTube and actually hear this 15-minute speech. But if not, then definitely have a look at the transcript. And if you can read this transcript, it's just such a powerful speech. And it's basically the messages is you, she's had enough and she's laying it down and she's setting her boundary. And it's for today, International Women's Day, I think it's a great reminder to have.
0: And what were the three
1: examples? Do you, know, do you remember... Um, The three examples that she called out was, um, they were were quite horrific, actually. They were basically, one of the examples was when the leader of the opposition party um, was um, previous to this. He had had basically stepped out um, on the steps of parliament, and there was a plaque um, of of Julia Gillard being described as a witch and a bitch. Mm -hmm. And he had stood next to that, and it was in support of that, that claim, or in support of that description of her. And she called it out. And saying that, here you are. She was basically laying, she was basically pointing at the, not pointing, but she was directing this all, her fury at the leader of the the opposition, Mm -hmm. basically calling out his double standards. Mm -hmm. She described three double standards that he had actually, he had presented in Parliament basically she was putting egg on his face and but more than that she was actually putting a mirror up to him which Mm is why i I loved that part in the speech where she says he doesn't need a motion in the house of representatives he
0: needs a mirror that was pure gold okay that was so she was calling out examples where he is playing a double standard and he's being misogynistic right i got Um, it now Oh, good. And and,
1: and honestly, and I have to say, you know how how Tracy were mentioning about why why haven't we heard of all of this? I think it's actually I I I know it happened a few years ago. I don't know if it's still happening, but this misogyny speech is actually being used in Australian schools as part in part as part of the education system. And I think it's a it's a fantastic uh, it's it's a pure example of when you are faced with sexism and misogyny accusations, or you're in the face of double standards. This is a gem of an example Mm. of how to basically respond.
0: Yeah, it's It's good. It's a good one. I like that one. It just made me think of, because I've got a few lists here. It's like, well, linking to that one, there was one by, I'm just thinking where I saw it, so um, Alexandria Scario cortez She ran for office in, um, in America. So this is in America. And Alexandria Ascasio-Cortez, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Um, what had happened, just to put some context in here. Um. So she was representing Florida, Congresswoman. And one of the, I guess, opposition or somebody going against her, a man called Ted Yoho, reportedly called her an effing bitch, right, on the steps. So he did this in public,
1: right? I remember and this, time. yes.
0: And he tried to excuse his behaviour by saying, oh, I have a wife and daughters. How many times have you heard that? I'm not a sexist or a misogynist or whatever, because I have a wife and daughter. I've heard that so many times, it's quite funny. Anyway, it's not funny. <laughs> and in response, oh, when he, you know, he apologised, you know, I've got a wife and daughter or whatever um she took to the house floor with this i'm someone's daughter too my father thankfully is not alive to see how mr yoho treated his daughter my mother got to see mr yoho's disrespect on the floor of this house towards me on television and i'm here because i have to show my parents that i am their daughter and that they did not raise me to accept abuse from men What I believe is that having a daughter does not make a man decent. Having a wife does not make a man decent. Treating people with dignity and respect makes a man decent. And when a decent man messes up, as we are all bound to do, he tries his best and does apologize. I like that because that man was making kind of justifying himself. Like he wasn't a genuine apology.
1: Not at all. He wasn't taking accountability of what he had said and the impact that it had on this individual. Exactly. Because how would you like it if somebody called his daughter or his wife that? And that's exactly what this
0: individual, yes. What was her name? I'm
1: her
0: really... name is Alexandria Ascasio-Cortez. Uh, the caller AOC for sure. that's kind of yeah. like the name. That's exactly what
1: AOC was, um, was leading to, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just not yeah and it's double standards again isn't it it's like oh you can say this to me and find this acceptable and justify it would you say that to your daughter or how would you react if your daughter came back from school or university or the workplace and she was called this would you have the same response Mm. to support your daughter around this it's again that whole double standard
0: and also it's like i don't know why it's all about our expectations and this is, I need to get over this. But with politics, you hold them to a higher standard because they've got everybody's lives in their hands, right? Like everybody's life is in their hands, is politicians. So I don't, you know, you can watch Parliament or House of Representatives. You can watch TV channels. People watch that stuff. And I hear them talking to each other. And I'm like, it's like, it's like a, I'm like, am I watching a show about people at school? Because I feel like this, my expectations of how they should be communicating, even if they have opposing ideas and opinions, is not what I see play out. And it just is really scary. And I think sometimes these people are running the country. So I guess my point is, is it acceptable to call somebody in position to you, what you're calling them? There's no, there's no, what point are you making? So I just, anyway, that was one for me.
1: Yeah, no, I, li-
0: I like I like that. It's uh, it's
1: it's a great reminder too about how um how you can stand up for it with your words. Mm. Great, right. yeah, which is great. Uh, so the the next speech that um that I've selected is from Francis McDormand, which is an Oscar speech, and the reason why I've selected this one is because when Frances won her Oscar, she introduced something called Inclusion Rider, which I wasn't actually aware of. Um, I've worked in TV and film before in the past, and Inclusion Rider is something that our listeners may not be familiar with either, and so I thought it'd be a good opportunity to to put this out there so inclusion rider is a concept whereby um when you're producing um a film or pr- a production you can actually include a clause in your contract um to ensure that um, there is diversity in the cast and the crew and that clause is called inclusion rider and so um it's n- it's not something we hear about a lot in the news in the media in the entertainment industry And the fact that the Oscars, which is on a worldwide basis and televised globally, and it's one of the top platforms in entertainment, and the fact that this actress, Frances McDormand, took the opportunity, took the podium, took this stage as a moment to highlight Inclusion Rider, I thought it was great. It was fantastic. So I'll share Frances McDormand's um, Oscar speech. So after she obviously took her her gold Oscar and and thanked everyone in her team, this is what she she went on to say. And now I want to get some perspective. If I may be so honored to have all the female nominees in every category stand with me in this room tonight. And at this point, all the female actors and every female who had been nominated in any category um, throughout the Oscar ceremony stood up and Frances went on to say, The filmmakers, the producers, the directors, the writers, the cinematographer, the composers, the songwriters, the designers. Come on. okay. look around, everybody. Look around, ladies and gentlemen, because we all have stories to tell and projects we need financed. Don't talk to us about it at the parties tonight. Invite us into your office in a couple of days or you can come to ours, whatever suits you best, and we'll tell you all about them. I have two words to leave with you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, inclusion rider. Wow. And uh, and she got a standing ovation, obviously, for that, and um, d- deservedly. Um, but the fact that she, she it, was, it was like a mic drop, just those two words, inclusion rider, and then she left the stage, because those two words is what the whole audience was left with. Mm. And that's also what was focused on at that time. And But since then, we haven't heard enough of it Maybe it's because it's happening, but who knows? But I thought that it'd be, um, it'd be a good one to share.
0: Yeah, I really like that. I did read another example. It didn't say all those words, didn't give all, all the details of the speech. And I didn't get the, I didn't know what that meant, inclusion rider, when I read it. It wasn't put in context. So really good to know that that exists. And you reminded me of something else. I don't know where I, whose it is because I wasn't going to do it. And it's essentially saying, you know, what it says, look around in your workplace. If you all look the same, then you should be embarrassed. It's saying, you know, you need to consider people of different ability, people of different ethnic backgrounds, people of different gender, people of different sexuality. Um, I don't know if those exact words, because I can't find it now. I wasn't going to do it. But I was like, yeah, if you look around and you're pretty much the same as everyone, then we're we're not where we need to be. That's right. Yeah, and I think it was from a, either a Hollywood actress or something. It's from someone in the entertainment industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but it applies to everyone. And that, but then I'm Devil's advocate because i worked. I like my last career. Pretty much the only person of color. This is this is a pattern. The only person of color in my office. <laughs> when I think about it, I, no, that's not strictly true. There were some people from Asian backgrounds, so they're people of color as well but a minority literally like three then out of uh 50 or whatever yeah. Yeah. so that's kind of been my story my whole career and I have actually been the only one so I'm thinking like the only two sides of that coin but then the, the point I was trying to make is in some places that's it's not yeah. fair to, to say that they should be more diverse, and it's like, well, where would that be? And to me, the only place that's okay is that in out in the um, in the country, where they might people may not live, but in the places like c- cities, metros, yes. the diversity is there, yes. even if it's not as great as what it would be in London or parts of the UK or America for sure. Yes, in Australia, in Sydney, Melbourne, in there's no excuse.
1: And, and what you've just said there, you know, it does remind me too. And and I noticed this when I started my job. Um, I am also the mon- minority in on my floor. If I look around, there is probably one of a person who looks like me, discounting the finance team or IT. Um, but again, that's for a different podcast.
0: Mm, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you think in those terms, because sometimes I've had girlfriends, say to me, oh, really, is equality, is that such a problem these days, equality? Like, no concept. And I'm just thinking, all you need to do is look around you, probably at work, and the diversity around, Then you ask yourself, that a question again. I mean, you know, um, even in the IT, like, just say it's a lot of people from India or Asian countries, because, you know, it attracts a lot of IT um, skills and expertise. That's not diverse enough. But actually, my IT, do you know what? I won't say, well, the IT guys, what happened is they outsourced to Asian country. So all the workers, they were literally in Asia. Mm-hmm. And the managers were all white Australians, pretty much.
1: Mm.
0: Who were still in the office. is that could be because of budgets, but... Oh, yeah, I get the outsourcing. Like, that's an old age story with lots of industries, so lots of things, I get that. But there's, if there's so many... And there, I remember when we had it in-house, there was more, it was diverse group of people. The job does attract a lot of people from the Asian background. I get that. Yeah. But it wasn't <laughs> diverse. There was like a mix of... Maybe that's because, and again, it's like, that's what I was saying about maybe for a
1: different podcast, because maybe that's because um, there are, um, and I can speak from experience, that with Indian communities, there, if you're male or female your in the community encourages you to into certain areas into okay. certain jobs even mm. such as it such as business and finance yeah I and get it. as it happens and the consequence being that there is no there is lack of diversity in all the other industries such as the creative industry um mm. especially which is actually why um, uh, when it comes to any indians who are producers writers um, filmmakers I am a big supporter of that and mm-hmm. so I always show up I always buy the book um, because it's my way of supporting um, that particular individual in an um, in industry which they were probably not encouraged to go into
0: yeah so. similarly if I see there's a Nigerian artist I'm like all over it because the same reason they're all told to be lawyers and doctors and whatever you know uh, professors because <laughs> that's what they're encouraged to to become well let's not we're going to get sidetracked i want to get the speeches <laughs> let's get the
1: speech <laughs> that's <laughs> what they're saying he's like it's picking out themes for another podcast
0: yeah true um whose goes is it? it's me or you okay, yes you'll go yes Tracy. all right so that was the the rider one it's speaking nigerians i really wanted to talk about this nigerian lady who I read a book and then I discovered her coming to a festival. You know, this writer's, I can't remember the name of the festival. It wasn't the writer's festival. It's like Dangerous Ideas, but then it changed its name to something else. I can't remember anyway. doesn't matter. She was here. I was like, oh, she's Nigerian. And I got a book. And her name is Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Mm -hmm. Okay. She's American. And um, she's an author. Um, and she had this speech and apparently some of her words from this speech made it into Beyonce's, one of Beyonce's songs. I love it. That's great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think she did TED talk, didn't she? And she maybe probably not... has done a lot. She's the author, right?
1: Uh-huh. And in the
0: speech, she reflects on the gender disparity still evident in our society. And she focuses on Africa. That's where she's from. And the meaning of feminist, and the connotations and the myths it carries, and how she came to define the term herself. This is what she says. We teach girls to shrink themselves, to make themselves smaller. We say to girls, you can have ambition, but not too much. You should aim to be successful, but not too successful, otherwise you would threaten the man. But what if we question the premise itself? Why should a woman's success be a threat to a man? I want to to be respected in all of my femaleness because I deserve to be. Gender is not an easy conversation to have for both men and women. To bring up gender is sometimes to encounter almost immediate resistance. Some of the men here might be thinking, okay, all of this is interesting, but I don't think I like that. And that is part of the problem that many men do not actively think about gender or notice gender is part of the problem. And what I like about that is... That idea, because I hear that a lot, I see that a lot in cultures, especially cultures like ours, Mm -hmm. where you encourage education, but then at the same time, you're expected to give up what that can, opportunities that can give you to look after the family and be at home. Or even what I think is kind of worse, almost, so I don't know if it's worse, is you're expected to give up the opportunities to do both, because you can't actually... Necessarily, without support, yeah, really thrive in one, yeah. Right? It's in that it's,
1: way. It's like putting limitations on potential. It's like boiling a kettle but putting a lid on it. Exactly. Exactly. And, yeah, and that's something that um women in our in our culture, both our cultures, yeah, experience mm-hmm. for, sure, for sure. And it's great, but someone's calling it out, and that's what these speeches are all about. It's about these issues that are happening. And nobody's calling them out until we hear these speeches. And, you know, there's there's that podium, there's that stage, there's that opportunity where a light is being shone on exactly what's happening. And it does make, these speeches are making, are food for thought, they're making us all think and all reflect and all look at ourselves and think, well, how are we contributing to this?
0: Yeah, and also when we're being silent about it, because being silent is in itself is a choice, because if you have been silent, who are you helping?
1: That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why I got quite emotional um, yesterday um, when I took this task um, to do. Mm. Um, I was coming across so many amazing, powerful words that I was reading. And I was thinking about situations that I've recently been in where I've been witness, unfortunately, to people who have stayed silent when they could have spoken up, and it and it really it actually triggered a lot of emotion. These speeches,
0: yeah, yeah. I'll admit, I'll admit, I've been silent. I'm not saying I'm a saint and never been silent. I have, and the reason I've talked about this before on here is because of my own stuff that I was so emotionally charged that I couldn't I had to be silent I felt I had to be silent or the opposite of that would have been the message I would have liked to have made would have been missed in that overwhelming powerful emotions of anger and injustice that I felt in the moment and so that's why I was silent but what what I've come to realize is working on myself helps take away the charge so that if I'm faced with those situations again, I'm able to resourcefully respond and give the meaning and the point I want to make. Whereas before, because of my stuff, I wasn't able to do that. And that's the reason I'm giving for why I was silent because I knew that what would come out wouldn't be how I wanted to come out. Like that Julia Gillard, she was, I'm not saying don't feel angry. She's angry, but she's able to resourcefully articulate mm. her message. I was too overcome that I would not have been able to do that in a resourceful way. And that's and the only way I can do that now is by dealing with my stuff. So I always say it starts with yourself. If you're finding yourself silent more often than not, then I'd say be, be looking within, doing some work. But anyway, that's-
1: we've got time for a couple more. That's great to share for sure. Yes, and on that silence part of things, the final speech. that I'd I'd like to highlight. Do we have time for one more? Yeah, I'm gonna do, we'll do two more. I want to do another one. Okay. So as we as we're talking about International Women's Day, so I thought I'd select a um, not so much a speech, but it's um, something that has been spoken by Angelina Jolie, mm-hmm. who um, who pe- people who know me know that I am a massive. Jolie fan. I am definitely teen Jolie. Um, I've always admired Angelina, um, not only just for the commitment she puts into her work, but the dedication that she puts in and the work she puts in um, for the, the, the humanitarian rights of, of on a global scale is just phenomenal. And I also am a big fan of Jolie because of her transition. When she was much younger, she was a child of Hollywood. And she went through all of the typical Hollywood kind of journey that you go through. And she could have gone in so many other directions. And but she she chose a path to reflect on herself and her fame and where she can add purpose. And she and that's the path she went through. And that was a massive turning point. And that's when I really looked at her. And that's when I started following her journey. Mm. This is something that um, Angelina Jolie has shared. We've all felt quite small at times. We have all felt scared and alone and working in this business probably often felt valued for the wrong things or taken advantage of. Every woman has probably experienced double standards, abuse of power and a lack of accountability and has had to fight to stay soft and open. For as much as we discuss inequality here, it is nothing compared to the limitations and abuse that women face in many other parts of the world. So while we fight here, we have to look outside of here to the women and girls who are refugees, who are stateless, who are facing hunger and violence and fighting every day for basic rights and respect. To every girl listening, know this. It is a gift to be a woman that others may choose to suggest it is in any way less only shows their fear of your power. Stay kind and soft, but own that power. And that's what mm-hmm. I love about Angelina Jolie is, is her representation of women
0: mm-hmm. and power.
1: Yeah.
0: I just find it interesting, like that those things, kind and soft, are like qualities that are associated with women, not just women, but men, but, you know, the softest specifically. And it's like, and on the one hand it's used as a strength and on the other hand it's used as a a weakness. Because I've been told, I'm just thinking our feedback um, in previous jobs, I've been too soft. Hmm. Whether I agree with that or not, it's irrelevant. What I would have liked, if, even if that was true, I would have liked it to be said in a way that was like, you could have set a better boundary or um, more significant consequences. You know, because I would say there was a, those would be more the words that you would say to a man uh, if there was a, around the same thing. You wouldn't be saying, "Oh, you're too soft," or you might. But I'm just thinking generally what you hear. I'm generalizing completely that being soft is a bad thing. And actually, if you said saying that to me, "Oh, you're too soft," doesn't tell me, doesn't really give me feedback. Yeah, uh, exactly. do you know what I mean? It's not feedback. Yeah, it's, it's a an opinion. If if you're in professional you need to, you'll have to be specific. How am I soft? I should have said, I, it's all, all great in hindsight and having more, you know, in what way? Like, and the, those would be the things that you could be talking about. You could be saying um, consequences or you could be talking about boundaries. You could be talking about lots of things but they're more relevant than the term, or oh, you're too soft. And I just think it's used, that obviously uses a criticism in that in that respect.
1: Yeah, and, um, and also softness can—it's not a weakness, you know. Being soft takes strength.
0: It's necessary as well.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's
0: right. It's brave to be soft.
1: So, mm. um, so yeah, yeah.
0: Anyway, just I just the double standards, I guess, of the word, the use of the word and the term and the context it's used, and I, I feel like it's more gender specific there, and yeah, um, like yeah, you say,
1: yeah. and what Angelina is saying, I, I love how she highlights um, that. You know we 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 all have our individual journey um but uh, there are communities who are not as privileged as a community that we live in and they go through these same issues too and to you know make space for that mm-hmm. and that's why i absolutely love angelina jolie you know she represents those
0: communities yes yeah. well it's a universal problem i mean she's right there's, there's communities that have, don't even have basic rights we're still fighting for rights. And that get, brings me to this story, this other speech, the last one from Hillary Clinton at one of, of these women's international, it might have been a UN event as well. And it's a very, it's quite a long speech. It's probably about 10, 15 minutes. You can look it up if you want to. Okay. So this is Hillary Clinton, women's rights are human rights speech, 1995, that she made the speech. And she was like, if there's one message, that echoes forth from this conference. Let it be that human rights are women's rights, and women's rights are human rights once and for all. Let us not forget that among those rights are the right to speak freely and the right to be heard. And she said that at a women's rights conference, the United Nations Fourth World Conference in women, in Beijing, of all places. And she was defying the US administration and the Chinese as well in their remarks. It was a really good speech. Wow. Um, this full blown attack against policies, abusing unheard women around the globe, not just China. Um, as long as discrimination and inequalities remain so commonplace around the world, as long as girls and women are valued less, fed less, fed last, overworked, underpaid, not schooled and subjected to violence in and out of their homes, the potential of the human family to create a peaceful prosperous world will not be realised.
1: Wow, and you said that in, um, in Beijing. Yeah. Yeah, see, that for me is what's
0: called going for the jugular. That's what they said. Oh, it's what they said! It says then she went for the jugular, I just missed that bit out. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah um, that's, that's, that's just literally, yeah, that's aiming right through to the heart,
0: isn't it? So, um, yeah, that's brave but it's needed, it's necessary. And she wasn't just talking about um, China, although it was poignant um, where she was talking, saying the speech, she was talking about other countries, even the US. Um, we see it now, you know, industries dominated by women, highly underpaid, and minorities, highly underpaid. <clears throat> What's going on in the nursing in the UK at the minute? Um, strikes happening here. It's just so undervalued, underpaid. And it's interesting, you know, that that speech
1: that Hillary Clinton uh, spoke of, um, that was what, 1995. And, uh, you know, at that time, you know, and again, with all of these speeches, you know, it's a speech which it's powerful because it does make us look inwards. It makes us reflect on our own actions, on our own thoughts, on our own perspectives, how we're contributing to this. And that was back in 1995. And what you've just mentioned now, Trace, you know, it's still happening. And you know, and I think this is why it's important to relive these speeches. So we so that we're constantly reminded. we are constantly mm-hmm. being given that reminder about these powerful words, about how we, we, we should be reflecting or you know, yeah, we should be really reflecting.
0: Mm. Yeah. So I have to, I guess, end it. It's just a shame, because I... I know,
1: I know. Am I able to end it on a, um, because I know you mentioned about Hillary Clinton um, doing a UN speech. Um, so is it possible to end on a UN speech by Meghan Markle? Short one. So um, this was um, Meghan in, back in 2015. And Meghan Markle said... It is said that girls with dreams become women with vision. May we empower each other to carry out such vision because it isn't enough to simply talk about equality. One must believe it. And it isn't enough to simply believe in it. One must work at it. Let us work at it together, starting now. Love it. That's that's a great one to end on.
0: Yeah, and I just want to highlight though, the International Women's Day theme this year is embrace equity as opposed to equality. And I talked about this before, because equality isn't enough, talks to equality not being enough, because it reminds us that it's equity that is a focus, and equity is, I love the imagery that they give when we do this, it's giving people what they need to thrive and reach the same place, Mm -hmm. yeah, as opposed to giving everybody the same thing, which is equality. And there's some great imagery to explain this as one where just simple. There's um a child, a man, a woman, um, um it's somebody with a disability. Okay. And it shows them all being given a bike, exactly the same bike, equal, equality. The child can't ride it. Um, the woman struggles because of the, you know, the seat thing, and the the person with a disability can't ride it. They're in a wheelchair, right? But then the other image is, well, it, this is equity. And it gives the person with a disability like a modified cycle. It gives the child a smaller one. It gives the man the same one. It gives the woman the one with the saddle thing so that she can sit comfortably. And, and that's really a really great analogy for me for equity. It's giving people what they need, for their individual needs, so that they can thrive, and, and obtain the same as everybody else. That's the difference between equality and equity. So the theme for this year is embrace equity.
1: I really like that. I didn't know that. That's great. International Women's Day. Equity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Well, I really enjoyed this um, session, um, this podcast, Tracy. You too. Uh, and too. Uh, and yeah, yeah. thank you very much for allowing me the opportunity to contribute and also share some of the speeches um that I've that also resonate with myself
0: and oh. I'm just gonna name drop now because there so many we could have done. Queen Elizabeth. Oh my gosh, there was one in there. Amazing. Yeah. Um Virginia Wolf. Um, I'm trying to think of all the names that came up, and there were so many.
1: Yeah. Go and look at them, look them up. Uh, yeah, there's, there's there's from history, there's Mary Claire from recent times in popular culture, there's even, even Emma Watson. Um,
0: yeah, so many. There's just... so many. Yeah. Go and go and look at them up. They're amazing. All right, That's it. It's all got time for this week. <laughs> great, thanks, Tracy. Thank you. It's a great one. Thanks, bye. have a lovely week.
1: Bye. bye
0: Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you have as much fun with us today as we did. If what you heard resonated with you, don't forget to show the love and like our YouTube channel, All One with Tracy G. Give us a five-star rating on whichever podcast platform is lucky enough to have this episode because they rock too. Feel free to email us stories or questions at alloneinclusive@gmail.com, and sign up for my newsletter. If updating yourself about everything which goes down Sounds like something right up your alley at tracygandu.com. Until the next time, see ya!